Let's get to it. This is Sebi Podcast. Sebi Podcast Radio Show inside the studios at WNSC yet again. America's Game of the Week live in Los Angeles last week. Man, the dominant performance by these 49ers. I, I want you guys to take a listen at this. Niners defense, number one against passing yards, number one against rushing TDs, number two against yards per game allowed, number two against quarterback passer rating, number two in first downs per game allowed, number two in points per game allowed, and number six in rushing yards. Welcome those of you again inside studios at Z, myself and Michael Gray. Another great episode with my ride partner, my man in the D.C. area, the DMV area. And I know it's electric. It is rocking. You got the Mystics winning the title uh, over a couple of days ago. You got the Nats going back home from Bush Stadium in St. Louis up 2-0. And they're changing that narrative, Mike. The Nationals a couple of years ago used to be the laughing stock of baseball. They get into the postseason, they don't do much. But boy... They've been doing great, and they're looking to wrap things up and get back into the World Series. Game three tonight in Nationals Park. And, Mike, I know you're thrilled, you're excited, you're pumped, and you're ready to go. No question, Sebi. This is the best time for D.C. sports. Like you said, the Nationals bringing home that title last Thursday. Oh, man, what a feeling. It was amazing. You got the Nationals. Oh, my goodness. I mean, the Nationals are just – they're doing they're doing it right now. Their pitching is tremendous. And these first two games against St. Louis in the championship series, they've given up four hits total in two games. It's, it's, it's amazing. Dominant what, pitching. What we're, what we're witnessing, the, the pitching is on point. The hitting, it can get better. But at the same time, this is the Nationals. They, they're they known to, to, to get streaky at times. So, but so they haven't had to worry about too much hitting because their pitching has been that tremendous. But this is the toughest game of the series tonight. Down 2-0 St. Louis is going to give us everything we everything we can handle. And I, I'm anticipating a big-time game from us with Steven Strasburg pitching. Yeah, 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 that's what you get with the the St. Louis Cardinals as well. They're really streaky too. I remember a couple games in the NLDS against the Braves. They didn't do much. And that game five, they just exploded. 13, I mean 10-0 after the first inning. So uh, it doesn't look good for them right now with Strasburg on the mound, but at any given time, that offensive explosion can come out. But Strasburg, we saw what he did game five to wrap up the Dodgers. No better guy on the mound than him, right? No, no, no better guy, especially not for us. If we, if we had, if you, if I needed one game for my Nationals to win everything for for all the marbles, I want Steven Strasburg pitching. I'll ride or die with the results after that. But Steven Strasburg is it, no one better than him right now for our team. 
Absolutely. The Nationals really riding that one-two punch. Max Scherzer and Steven Strasburg, they have led them thus far in the postseason there, Mike. And another great weekend of football, pros and NFL. I mean, well, pros in college, excuse me. But um, it, it's just it, it's just been incredible what we've been seeing um, thus far. And, and, Mike, we're ready to go back at it. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. We're ready to go back at it. It's been it's been absolutely tremendous. Like just watching, watching the different games, watching the so much competitive. Things are starting to get tight now. You know, with with the with you know the races and things of that nature. Everything is getting tight because you know it's it's getting closer and closer to that time of the year. So it it, it was a great weekend of football, great weekend of sports in general, but especially football. So many competitive games this week. So many competitive games. And I, I want to start off with the collegiate game. Mike, let's get right into it. This is the week where we saw a lot of mayhem oh, in, yeah. in the top 10. A lot of mayhem. <laughs> I, I was at, at a bar and I saw Georgia go down against Ooh. South Carolina. I mean, South Carolina was one of the laughing stocks in the SEC East. But boy, what a performance, especially defensively, what they did against DeAndre Swift and Jake Fromm in that UGA offense at home. That was pretty interesting to me there, and it, it, it was it was a thing of beauty to watch. I, I would say Jake Fromm, it wasn't his best performance. A lot of inaccurate throws. We've seen the three picks. It, not a Jake Fromm performance that we are accustomed to, but, man, you got to give you got to tip your top off to uh, to what the, the South Carolina Gamecocks did. And those confines in that environment, that was huge, what we saw there. And then, of course, the big one. Um, LSU and Florida. I was thrilled. I was actually really thrilled by how Florida played. There aren't yeah. any moral victories in this game, but man, they played really good. They actually took the lead 28-21, but Joe Burrow and Joe Brady's offense and, and those receivers, Jamar uh, Chase and uh, Mr. Just, Justin Jefferson, I see why they have those LSU receivers and why those prospects are really good. They, they produce a lot of weapons over there. And so um, those two games really stood out to me, Mike. What about yourself? The, the, both those games stood out to me as well when it comes to college football. I mean, you have to give good credit to South Carolina. I mean, going into Georgia, right now, you know, Georgia's fighting to be in that college playoffs. They want revenge. They want Alabama back. I mean, that's that's a tremendous victory to go into uh, Georgia and win that game. Israel Mukwamu, three interceptions. I mean, the brother was special. He had three picks by himself, and we could be seeing the next defeat. He has size, he has length, and he had a pick six. So he, he was like the deciding factor in the game for them because he he, he made it tough on them. His, he used his length, his size to get physical with those receivers, and he, he took it to the house when he got his chance. And also, this Oklahoma-Texas game, I was impressed. I was, I was glad to see Oklahoma win. I don't know if this is going to keep um, Jalen Hurts at, at number one in the Heisman race, though. Because it was it was a tough game. It wasn't one of his best performances. You know, we're used to seeing him putting up big time numbers on both sides, running and passing. Um, but they got the win nonetheless, and that's all that matters. But another thing that stood out to me, just how poised Joe Burrow looks. Joe Burrow looks so poised. And then you have the combination of Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I mean, just the combination of them him running running the football with what Burrow is doing this year. Oh my goodness, Sevier. I'm not saying they're gonna do it. But if there was ever a time for LSU to knock off Alabama, I think this could be the year. This might be one of their best chances we've seen in recent memory. 
I agree with you, Mike. I agree with you, Mike. And I want you to circle this date. I know it's early November. I don't remember what the date is. I want to say the 7th. But number two, because it did climb up. They climb up from 5th to 2 now in yeah. the latest polls. Number two, LSU heads to Tuscaloosa to take on number one, Alabama. And I'm ready to say this. I think Alabama, of course, has the best receiving core in the country. I think a second would be this LSU receiving core. Jamar Chase and one of my favorite players, um, Justin Jefferson, uh, to pair up with what Joe Brady and Joe Burrow wants to do on offense is explosive. Uh, Mike, I don't know if you see this. Joe Brady is creating plays and schematic plays on the playbook to make to get these receivers running open routes. That's incredible. These yeah. guys are running open routes, and it's just unbelievable. It 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 tells you how just a little coaching, what just a little coaching does to a good quarterback. I mean, I remember Joe Burrow just a few years ago struggling. I mean, struggling, and all it took was just a little bit of coaching, and now this guy is right in the thick of things of a Heisman. A candidate, I think he'd be one for me right now if I had to give my voting ballot. But man, I mean, he it, I, this has to be the year that LSU gets it done. It's gonna be at Tuscaloosa, it's a tough crowd, but I like their chances there as well. And then, of course, we you talk about that Oklahoma game. Yes, it wasn't the more ex- impressive game from from Jalen Hurts, but I mean, I, I, I don't think he'll fall. I mean, he still had 366 yards of total offense, yeah. 165 on the ground running, and, and uh, you know, 230 through the air. And um, and so I don't think his stock is going to diminish that much, although they did struggle against Texas, which is normal because that's probably their biggest test, stiffest competition in the Big 12. But this guy, CeeDee Lamb, Mike, oh, I, I, think, I think, Mike, that these – NFL GMs are going to have a problem coming up in this year's draft because you're going to have to make a decision if you're going to pick Jerry Judy one or Mr. C.D. Lamb two. This guy is unbelievable. And what I didn't know about him, Mike, I knew he he could take the top off of defense. I know he could he could take the top off of defense, but he is an exceptional route runner. Yeah. I was looking at the game and it just his it, the way that he gets off the line, the way that he manipulates DBs and. A coach always told me, because when I played high school, anytime as a DB, a receiver turns your hips, you know you won the route. And that's exactly what I'm seeing with C.D. Lamb. He could take the top off of the roof. He's explosive. You could put him in a numerous amount of packages, um, you know, reverses and all that. But this guy's an exceptional route runner. And you saw that. And that continuity between him and Jalen Hurts, uh, college football, look out. No doubt. And it was the difference in this game. You know, the CD Lamb, what he was able to do, not only just with the route running and uh, being a deep threat, the brother's physical. He doesn't, oh, yeah. he really he rarely goes down on first contact. It, it, you need to gang tackle this guy, especially in the open field. I mean, I saw on two of his touchdowns, he literally broke broke a few tackles for few for short tackles just to get in the end zone. I mean, he's he's, he's very physical. He's got the total package. You know, all the he has all the tools in his toolbox every time he gets on the football field. He has it. And you're absolutely right. NFL GMs are gonna have a tough time figuring out which which route they want to go as far as Jerry Judy or C D Lamb. But I'm telling you right now, I don't know if they I don't know if you could pick a, a wrong player because <laughs> I, but you you can't really go wrong with either one of them. Right, right. You just gotta flip a coin <laughs> on that on that one there. For sure. Talk about Georgia, Mike. They fall from number three to number 10. A yeah. huge, a huge uh, uh, plummet on the polls. 
that's what happens when you lose to an unranked team. So where does uh, 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 Georgia go from here? They still got Florida in their schedule. They can wrap up the a- – I think that matchup right there will be for the SEC East and then a potential date in the title game, in the SEC title game against either LSU or Alabama. Depending on how they do in the SEC championship, they, they can kiss they can kiss the college football playoffs goodbye this year. You, It's one thing to lose. It's another thing to lose to an unranked team in a game that you should have won easily. Um. Georgia would have been better off losing to Notre Dame, Savvy. Right. They'd have been better off losing to somebody like that. And, you know, maybe a close game. Or you could you could say two two top ten. Well, Mike, I mean, this. at the end of the season, that that resume right there, that's what might save them, if anything. There, there you go. And it, it, it would have looked better, two competitive teams. But then you got this unranked team that came in your house and beat you. That that, that looks bad. I mean, you the only way you have to, barring a miracle, barring some of the top teams like LSU, Alabama, barring any, of, any one of those teams, Losing uh, one game and being a consistent run, at least three or four of those teams with one loss in their record, and you like going in and w- the only way that I see them making the SEC, pl- uh, uh, making the college football playoffs, excuse me, is that they win the SEC championship and they do it in a convincing, a convincing fashion. That's the only way I see it because right now they're they're, they're on the outside looking in, obviously dropping from three to ten. They're, they're not even in the conversation. So right now they just got to continue to dominate, move past this. And, and dominate and get prepared for the SEC tournament because that's their only hope to get into the college football playoffs. I know there's three conference GMs and commissioners that don't want to hear that, the SEC bias, if Georgia were to pull that off. Right. The Big 12, the Big 10, and the Pac-12 wouldn't want to hear that. Right. So, <laughs> uh, for sure, that's why I believe they need to expand this college football playoff from here. Uh, Florida, what they did in LSU, I was impressed. I was very impressed. They got that big tight end, number 84, Pitts, who had a yes. huge game. I, I think in the first half, they didn't have an answer for him. And then in the second half, the other Jefferson on the on, on the game, yeah. he, he really put on a show. And this Kyle Trask guy um, showed me something. And, and, and Death Valley and those type of environments on a Saturday night, not a lot of teams have success throwing the football. And I thought methodically what they did is good. I like what Dan Mullen did, switching both quarterbacks, Emory Jones, on, on running plays and Trask on other plays. I just thought the defense that really came in, only allowing nine points per game, obviously faced the best offense they faced all year in their schedule. Yeah. But they really let down and disappointed them on the road. So uh, for the Gators' side of the equation, where do they go from here? Uh, well, the, the, they, they continue to get better, continue to build off of this. Because like you said, Trash, Trash surprised me as well. I wasn't yeah. expecting that type of performance. But I knew that they needed him to excel and really play at a high level in order for them to have a chance because we know how electric this LSU offense is. So, yeah, he definitely surprised me and definitely uh, – because they were nipping tuck, Sebi. They were nipping tuck. They even took the lead. They were back and right. forth. Every, they time, did. Every, yep. every time Joe Burrow and this LSU offense went down the field to score some points, Florida was right down the field moving. The, 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 cost, the, the biggest difference in the game was that interception that trashed through in the end zone uh, down seven in the fourth quarter. That, and that, that was, was a, just a poor read. That, yep. that was, it was a poor read. It was a bad decision, and it, it cost them the game. It cost them all the momentum that they had as far as the team goes. So, you know, they were very impressive. I think they'll move past this. I, I think this defense is legit. They just went up against a juggernaut of an offense with the, uh, with, with, the, with the LSU. So, I think they continue to move on, continue to uh, uh, play at that high level. And who knows, maybe, maybe they, they, can, they can stay in that top ten by the end of the year. Yep, yep. The Gators are looking against Georgia. That's probably their biggest uh, schedule 
um, obviously moving up to wrap up the SEC East crown there for sure. That's going to be in Duval where the Jags play. Ooh. It's always a rivalry between those two cats. November 2nd will be the date for that matchup there uh, for sure, Mike. Not a lot of big games next week on the schedule. You got number three, Ohio State. Boy, haven't they look like a juggernaut themselves. Wow. But Justin Fields, they're going to Chicago against Northwestern. That is a Friday night game in Northwestern. Strange things that we, Mike, has happened on a Friday night at Northwestern. So that might be a little bit of a hurdle, but the way. I don't see anything happening like that either. I know it's a high possibility because you're absolutely right. Over the years, we've we've seen teams go into Northwestern thinking it's going to be a cupcake, and, and they go in there and they get surprised and they get humbled real quick. So um, I, I, see, I see Northwestern possibly being competitive for some of this game, but. For the most part, this 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 old this old state team is they're just they're just too much. They're they're way too much for this team, and I expect them to, to win convincingly. Yep, and much like I talked about, Mister Lincoln Riley in Oklahoma, Ohio State might just be second behind them as in terms of great offensive minds in college football. There, Ohio State and Northwestern probably the marquee game next week. Not a lot of big games next week. But, of course, in the collegiate game, anything can happen. Who would have thought? In Sanford Stadium, the Gamecocks would have done it. Anything's possible. The Sebi Podcast Radio Show, Mike and myself and Michael Gray. Inside the studios of WNSC, when we shift gears to the pro game when we come back. Welcome back again to for our second segment today inside the studios of WNSC, the Seven Podcast Radio Show. We turn our attention here to the NFL here. And my, my initial preamble when I first started this, this 49ers defense, one of the key things that I took away, this 49ers defense, they ain't nothing to mess with, Mike. They, they, they're really good. They can get at home with four. They don't need to blitz with much. And when they do blitz, they are effective. But they can get home with four because every individual in that front four can get home and beat their own man in their own block. Solomon Thomas, DeForest Buckner. Now you got Nick Bosa. You got some uh, other kick they picked up in the third round a couple years ago. And then uh, they, they rotate guys too. And they got seven. They can go seven, seven man, eight man deep in that front four. And then you got Quan Alexander in the middle. And you got guys playing, making plays like Richard Sherman and others in this back end. The 49ers was one of the real, real eye-opening things I saw in L.A. this week. I have nothing to add to that other than this. Sebi, I've been trying to tell y'all, this 49ers defense is no joke. They they got weapons everywhere. I mean, they got leadership everywhere, too. I mean, look, I'm glad you brought it up because when you have four, when you can rush the passer with four guys and you don't have to blitz, that just helps out your secondary. That helps right. everybody out. It just it, it, it just makes everybody's job much more easy. You know, so watching that performance against the Rams yesterday, 
that's the type of performance you see from a defense where if if you can consistently string string off games like that, you're in the conversation for one of the best defenses ever. That's how good that performance was yesterday. That performance was special. That performance is something that we've seen consistently throughout this season from the 49ers. I mean, they haven't they've only they haven't allowed anybody to score over 20 points all season. And in this NFL, that's hard to do. This Sebby, this this team Jimmy G, Jimmy G is in a great situation. He doesn't have to do too much as far as, you know, he doesn't have to sling the ball and put up 30 a game. He, he almost can he almost can just make sure he put up 20 points and you pretty much won the game if you're San Francisco. All over. Like, this defense from top to bottom, Quan Alexander, Richard Sherman, uh, uh, Ward, uh, the, line, the D-line, of course. I mean, they, they're all over the place. They're everywhere. It's, it's special to watch them. I just want to see them, see them continue to get better and better. Yeah, definitely. Now you got the five and one uh, Seahawks. Now we'll get to them later. And then you've got the 49ers. These are the two teams that I picked to come out the NFC West. I predicted a Super Bowl hangover. People laughed at me. <laughs> I want to laugh at them back when they get to see <laughs> So now I've been saying this the Super Bowl hangover thing is real. It's it's not a myth, it's yep. not a curse. It's, it's, it's reality because there's only been in the last decade, Mike, there's only been one team to repeat as a conference champion. So and that, was, that. and that was the Seattle Seahawks in 2013 yeah. and 2014. So it's hard. It's really hard. It's really hard. And people laughed at me. So, uh, yeah, what I see with this 49ers team, they're, they're really good. And what I learned is that for a young team, a young making of a team, a game like that goes a long way because they, they showed that they can win ugly. You know, you, you get all these wins that the defense shows up, you get offensive explosions by Jimmy G, Matt Breda on offense, but they showed yesterday that they can win ugly. And I, I mentioned those uh, those points when I first started. We heard the soundbite, that fourth down stance at the goal line and then all those numbers I threw out. This defense is second rank. All of those stats I threw out, <laughs> number two against uh, allowed in first downs, number two against uh, the run. They they are number six in rushing, uh, allowing rushing touchdowns. I mean, this defense is absolutely good right now in second rank. That that's another thing to watch out. And Mike, they've got Carolina, they've got Washington. We could be moving to September, but this team's undefeated at eight zero going into the bye week. So this is this is really good for John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan and what they're doing out there in the Bay Area and San Francisco. And so if the 49ers defense is second rank. And the Patriots defense has to be top ranked because this defense right here, Mike, number one in almost all stats. Pretty much the stats that the 49ers are number one at, the Patriots are number two. I mean, this defense is unbelievable. And unlike Mike, I know you're not happy to hear this. Um, I was, there aren't any more victories. But I was pleased by what I saw with that Giants defense. They were undermanned. You know, they had a plaster of injuries, but to come out there to, to hold their own in Foxborough, to have it a one-score game with nine minutes to play at Foxborough, and then, of course, the Patriots did the Patriot way thing, uh, and they just pulled away. But um, I, I was pleased by what I saw. There aren't any more victories, but there's a lot of things I think Pat Shermer and this Giants organization, especially with this defense, how they played, can take from this moving on forward. But this defense, Mike, for, for the for the Patriots, unlike, you know, with, with Houston, you know, their defense is led with J.J. Watt, with, with the Chargers. I mean, not the, the Chargers, with the, the Bears. You've got Khalil Mack. 
as the man. This defense is led by Mr. Stephon Gilmore, an all-pro cornerback. He's getting, he's playing lights out, Mike. He's playing like the all-pro that he got selected last year. Nobody wants to throw on his side, and when you do, you're not successful. And so I, I like how he is. And unlike Jalen Ramsey and these other top corners, he doesn't play on one side. He moves around, and whatever side he plays in, that side is immediately taken care of by just Mr. Stephon Gilmore. I think right now, if I had a vote, he'd be my defensive player of the year uh, because of what he's done. And I haven't seen a corner do that. I I've seen corners shut down a lot of people, but with the way he can move around, put him in the slot, put him on the right side, put him on the left side. A lot of these great corners aren't versatile like that. That's what I took away from the Patriots. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying with the Patriots. And I, I actually agree with you as far as, you know, the Giants making this more of a competitive game than what we thought coming in. Um, that was outside of the game against the Redskins. That was our best defensive performance all season. I mean, yes, they put up 35 points, but it wasn't really – it wasn't the 35 points that you think it might be. I mean, Brady did not have a great, great game. Um, you know, we, we turned the ball over. We scored on defense. Uh Daniel Jones did not look good. He looked like a he went, you know, he looked like a rookie. He, he looked he look what quarterbacks typically good in Foxborough. <laughs> yeah, 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 he looked like he looked like a rookie. I mean, he made a few a uh, few uh, boneheaded decisions. Um, you know, his arm got hit on one interception. Now um, he threw the nice touchdown pass to Golden Tate. It was uh, it was what I expected. I mean, I didn't expect him to go in there and you know dual Tom Brady, um, but. I was impressed, very impressed with how our defense played. We played very well. It just we turned the ball over too much and gave them too many great uh, – set them up with too many great positions to score points that, you know, the final score ended up looking how it was. But I don't think the final score told the whole story about that game. You had to actually watch that game to see how close it was. It was very competitive. But you're right, the Patriots. The, the reason why the Patriots will always be legit as far as this defense this year is because – champion that championship pedigree on every level on that team like you have Stephon Gilmore then you have the uh, McCourty twins then you got the leadership at the linebacker court then you got the D line just continue just wreaking havoc I mean this this team Bill Belichick just finds a way to find players to put them in this system and thrive and it's a it's 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 something that's been carrying them for the last 20 years or so and you're right this this is one of the best defenses Brady has had since his early First three championships. This is that's how special this defense is. And it's interesting to me, Mike, because every great defense starts up front, right? You yep. gotta have a great rush, pass rush, or you gotta have a great nose guard. Vince Wolfolk was there for all these years. But what I see with this defense, their their weak their strength of the defense is their depth from the linebacking core to the, the secondary. Yeah. They've got excellent leadership. Kyle Van Noy, Jamie Collins that came back from a couple from his early years. Mm -hmm. um, uh, starting with the Patriots who have, before he went to the Browns, comes back. Dante Hightower is still there. So that, that core nucleus and that depth that they have on the defense is really good right now. And it, that bodes in the secondary. The de McCord, Devin McCourty's been there for years. The other McCourty's playing good on opposite sides. Stephon Gilmore, you've got Deron Harmon. So the strength of the Patriots defense is actually the linebacking core is the, the back seven and not the front four. And that's actually interesting and in how Belichick has constructed this defense. Things to watch out for with the Patriots moving on forward. Um, there for them. They've got the Jets next in a very cupcake schedule that they've had so far uh, now here. Um, Deshaun Watson, what he did in Kansas City, Mike, was uh, spectacular. What did you see there? 
Wow. What I saw is, is someone who's growing and growing and maturing every single year, every single game, every single second. This guy, Deshaun Watson, just riding that wave of putting up 53 points against the Falcons last week, and he continued that tremendous performance on the road in Kansas City in a hostile environment. It, it was special to watch. I mean, he could, this guy can do it with his legs. He can do it with his arms. But when, with the, part, the part of his game where I think he's really maturing is clutch situations. I've seen Deshaun Watson – I saw him lead that drive when they, when that team was down when they when they were uh, down twenty four to twenty three and he it was in the fourth quarter and there was a chance for him to drive this team down and score a touchdown he did that you know he scored a touchdown got the two point conversion and then they got the ball back and he converted a fourth and one where they blitzed everybody and he swiveled out of there found his read got got on the ball and made a clutch play. I mean, that, that right there is a maturation process that we're seeing in his game, making those type of plays and crucial moments to win the football game. It, it was it's special to watch, and I love watching him play because he's a dual-threat quarterback, very accurate passer. The rapport that he has with DeAndre Hopkins is special. Will Fuller is coming into his own. They, I love the use of Daniel Fells. I mean, the weapon he's used, he's making the best out of all of the weapons around him, and the offensive line is completely balling right now for him. I mean, you know, draft you when you t- when you get a guy like Larry, uh, Larry, Jeremy Larry Tunsil um from Miami, I mean, that's special right there protecting his blind side, but it seems like the mentality of this offensive line has really helped has really helped uh come together and you know, they're all on one purport and that's bodes well for Deshaun Watson and Carlos and get, giving him a running game with guys like Carlos Hyde and others. That's just that just he, enhances his game even more. And I was very impressed by what I saw from Deshaun Watson, not just in this past game, but from what I've seen throughout this season. A couple of things here. Second game in a row where the Texans offensive line didn't allow a sack. So yeah. I, I think that's that's their that's that's the key component for them because if they can protect Deshaun Watson I think he has uh, the opportunity to be a top five elite quarterback in this game. That's yeah. that's 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 all the Texans gotta do. Protect number four and he can be amongst the top four. Put it that way. Because this guy is is, un, is unquestionably unbelievable. I remember when Dabo Swimmy coming out of uh, Clemson, I seen a lot of Deshaun Watson college games. So I know this kid very well. Um, he, he said, if you pass up on this guy, you know, it's like passing up on Michael Jordan. Well, there was 12 teams that did that. And so it, he's looking at them now in a lot of these teams, the Browns passing up on him. Uh, the Chiefs, although they got Patrick Mahomes at number 10 in that same draft. And so you look at this and, and you're thinking, Michael Jordan, there's only one Mike. But what Dabo Sun was actually telling you is this kid's got it, Mike. I mean, this yeah. we've seen there's no quarterback. There's only Cam Newton in Auburn did what Deshaun Watson did twice against a Nick Saban team in a title game. One of them in a loss and one of them in a victory. Throw for four thousand, throw for throw, throw for four hundred yards, and rush for another one hundred, and win a game. And so, the ones like Deshaun, they're they're not they're rare. You just got to be built different. And so that's what Dabo Sweeney was saying. It was the intangibles, the if factor. You can't pass up on a guy like that. And then it's just in the second season you're seeing significant strides right now in how this Texans offense is running right now and Mike I don't want to tell you right now I think the Texans are one of the scariest teams in AFC they are because they can play defense as well 
you know, when it, when it comes down to it, they got the players on that side of the ball that can bone up and, and, and get after you and get physical when, when it's time to do so. And that's exactly what they did with the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, they scored those 17 points in a quarter and a half. And then outside of that, it was almost like they, uh, the, the defensive line for Houston was feasting on Patrick Mahomes and getting after it more and more and forcing turnovers. Got that big interception when they had the seven-point lead in the fourth. And that huge, huge turnover right before halftime, forcing that fumble, which I thought was a terrible play call by Andy Reid. I never understood passing the ball on your own in your own red zone with 27, 30 seconds left, knowing you're not really going to score anything. We might as well run the ball. But um, they're definitely those big turnovers really uh, changed the game for them and turned it into a, a situation where they have a great chance to win. So uh, you're right. This defense can help them. And you give this, uh, this Deshaun Watson – this time, this type of defense and this type of uh, on this type of momentum that he's on right now, yeah, you're right. This this is one of the most scariest teams in the AFC for sure, no doubt. And then I want to look at Kansas City, Mr. Rodney Harrison, a guy I really pay attention to, uh, Football Night in America. Just before Sunday Night Football, he said, um, I- "I've got my eyes on on the Chiefs here, Mike. I think they'll be okay, but this is the second straight week they lose at Arrowhead." Um, that's a place where nearly any opponent has success in. And they, they've done it twice, the Colts and the Texans. That's two AFC uh, South opponents, should I say, um, did that. He said that the Detroit Lions set the blueprint and how to attack Patrick Mahomes in this offense. And they say, you go man-to-man, and it's crazy, Mike. Why would you go against probably the fastest team in America? This, uh, this, uh, this, Chiefs offense, where you got a guy like Tyreek Hill, McCole Hardman, Travis Kelsey, and all these other speed weapons outside. Why would you play a man to man? And so he said that the blueprint is you got to have the personnel. So the line about to say, you got to have the personnel. If you play man to man and then you pressure an A gap, meaning you pressure up front, not around the edge where Patrick Mahomes can escape and go outside or come up and then go through you. You got to pressure up front and you can play man-to-man. That's the blueprint. And that's what the Colts and the Texans have done in these past two games. And so he said that uh, that, that just caught my attention there. And so I think the Chiefs will be okay. They got to get acclimated. Um, I, I think a lot of teams, a lot of Super Bowl teams around early on in the season, they go through growing pains. And so this might be a phase where in the offense, Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes may have to tweak some stuff, but um, – that's the key the thing that I watch out for, Mike, because um, that's two weeks in a row in Arrowhead that this has been done. I, I know Patrick Mahomes. He's not himself right now with that ankle injury. You can see that in the mobility. He he, he looks a little bit gimp, gimpy. But um, that's something to watch out for, for for the Chiefs moving on forward if they want to have Super Bowl aspirations. No, no doubt about it. You're absolutely right. I like that game plan, that formula, but I'm glad you brought up the personnel part. You have to have the personnel. Either the game plan can work, you could try to duplicate that, but at the same time, if you don't have the personnel, it's just not going to work. This offense is too loaded. But I, but I will say this. I don't really put too much stock in this. This Chiefs defense has to play better, Sebi. Hey, he they does. have he does. to. They have to play better. I mean, you know, you gave up 30 points to Detroit. You gave up uh, only, only 19 to the Colts, but to be honest with you, you couldn't get off the field. They controlled the ball. You can never And if it was number game. 12 playing, if it was Andrew yeah, Luck, it might have been 30 plus. It could have been yeah. another 30. And then you gave up another 30 to Deshaun Watson in this offense. So I just see too many times over and over again, this Chiefs offense, Patrick Mahomes leading this team down the field to score. And then the defense gives it gives the uh, opponent's team a chance right back to score. It's like, 
there's no resistance. Like I, I don't see it from this, the secondary not playing up to snuff. The uh, the defensive line is not getting as much pressure as they should. I mean, I I don't see that that force from the defense that we saw uh, early on in the season. You know, so they have to play better. And Kansas City's whole mentality needs to be, look here, man, the more losses we take is the more we're hurting our chances at getting home field advantage throughout the playoffs. Right. That's the best chance we have to make to the Super Bowl is to have the Patriots or any of those top teams come to Arrowhead. We don't want to go to New England. We don't want to go to uh, uh, Houston, anywhere. We don't want to go to any of these other teams to, to have to go on the road. We want teams to come here and play us. And right now they keep digging themselves a, a, a huge hole with two losses on their resume and the Patriots still have none. So I think that's, that's, that's the biggest uh, uh, takeaway I have from, this, from that game is the fact that Kansas City is not holding surge and, and staying up to par with the Patriots and trying to get that home, court, home field advantage throughout the playoffs. Yeah, definitely. The Chiefs do not want to go to any opponent's building. They want it right there in Barbecue City. One of the best cities, Mike, if you ever get a chance to. Kansas City, one of the best barbecues. Definitely got to try it out there. They want it there in their home turf. Um, We flipped in this matchup. I had the Vikings. You had the Eagles. You thought the Eagles would get some revenge by what happened last year. But I picked this game specifically because it was at home. And the Vikings are played really well in that dome uh, in Skull in front of their fans. And the Purple Monsters really put on a show. I don't know what Mr. Zach Brown, former teammate of Kirk Cousins in, in Washington, said. But, boy, that was all the fuel that he needed. Four touchdowns, 333 yards through the air, only one interception. And Mr. Stephon Diggs, I think now, Mike, he's going to think about wanting to be a Viking. He doesn't want to be traded anymore. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he wants to be traded anymore, neither. And I, it's, that situation like that happens all the time. You know I mean, it's just with the media now is, you know, everything is more hyper, uh, you know, hype, hype, everything's more talked about and more, you know, hyped up than, than usual. But, you know, having a game a day like this, Zach Brown saying what he said, uh, when he said it, I said, oh, he's in trouble. Because normally when you talk <laughs> trash, normally when you talk trash and, you know, you're trying to uh, rev up your team and the opponent and just, you know what you're saying, you normally have to have somebody that can back you up. Or you either have to be the one to be able to, to, uh, you know, back up what you're saying. Zach Brown can do nothing for the fact that the Eagles' secondary is bad right now. You know, the, at the end of the day, Zach Brown isn't the one covering these receivers. That's uh, Rasul Douglas and Sidney Sydney, Sydney Brown and guys like that that were getting demolished, torched, ran over by Adam Thielen, Stephon Diggs yesterday. And it was bad. I mean, you know, I, I think Zach Brown forgot that he's down to his third and fourth corner as the starters right now because – Kirk Cousins feasted on them all game long. I mean, every deep pass that he threw to Stephon Diggs, he was wide open. I mean, it was it was no it was no resistance. It was nothing but constant separation from these receivers. And Kirk Cousins put on a show. He showed what he can do in the regular season when uh when 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 you give him when you give him these weapons these these weapons right here. This is something that Kirk Cousins consistently can do. But at the same time, you know. At, at, he doesn't have to do it all the time because he has a running he has a running game now and, and things of that sort. But Kirk Cousins was absolutely amazing in this game, and I, I I didn't expect this Eagles defense, total defense, to look this bad. But I also expected Carson Wentz and this offense. I'm tired of these slow starts, Sevy. I'm really tired of these slow starts. It's a consistent, reoccurring thing over and over again, and it's gonna is it, against great teams this year. It's shown it's gonna hurt them and bite them and bite them where it hurts and. It's, it's hurting them all season long. Their three losses have come 
from having those those small those uh those uh, slow starts and trying to pick it up in the second half against Detroit, against Atlanta, and against Minnesota. It doesn't work like that. You got to start off fast. You got to come out with a better start. Hey, you're absolutely correct, Mike. I mean, when you talk about the Eagles, what they want to do is these slow starts aren't helping uh, Carson Wentz. You got week seven. They're three and three, and now the Cowboys are three and three. A lot of Philadelphia fans know how much Cowboy we do. And so they're headed to Big D, and they can't afford any more slow starts. That's for number one top seed in the division right there. And so a lot of things at stake this upcoming Saturday, Sunday night. And so when you look at Carson Wentz in this offense, they're, they're frustrated. They can't run the football. They can't move the ball. They got to punt. And then in the second half, they want to make these, these comebacks, which they've been successful in. But you cannot win games like that. It's frustrating for Carson Wentz. It's frustrating for Doug Peterson because what the Eagles thrive themselves on is they want to be able to earn first downs, Mike. And when that first down happens, that's when you can see Doug Peterson kicking into gear that no huddle, that no huddle offense that really tires up a, a defense. And so they haven't been able to do that because they haven't been successful to be able to been successful on third downs. So that, that's that's the key for the Philadelphia Eagles moving on forward. So definitely got to keep our eyes on that. Um, Seattle, Mike, what they did, this is the second time in the first five weeks they've been able to travel east and to win in an eastern time zone uh, 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 time against the Cleveland Browns. Now, they were everything was going against them. I mean, Odell Beckham making great catches, Nick Chubb running the football. But, of course, when it mattered most, Baker Mayfield threw three interceptions. The plays that Baker Mayfield are going to throw, Russell Wilson, as great as he is, won't make those plays. He engineers a yet another game-winning drive, another comeback for the Seahawks. Now they're 5-1 and one in a very competitive NFC West, Mike. And Russell Wilson right now has to be the leading candidate for NFL MVP honors. Without a doubt. The way he's playing, the way he's leading this team. You know, we thought this team was the – well, not we, not me and you, but a lot, a, a lot of the experts and NFL uh, aficionados out there thought that once the Legion of Boom was gone, that that was the end of this team. You know, it seems like Russell Wilson has elevated his game year after year after year, and it's a reason why he's gotten the contracts that he's gotten over his career is because – He's continued to evolve and with the game and evolve and be creative in how he comes about the game. And I just love watching him every year after year. You know, hard work. They say hard work pays off. Well, he puts it to fruition every single year because he puts in the work. He, he, he gives the time and he makes it happen. And, you know, now being in the prime of his career, literally the franchise of Seattle on, on his shoulders, I mean, it's, it's, it's special, man. You, you got to tip your head off to him and what he's done with the Seattle Seahawks. No, no doubt. I mean, <laughs> Russell Wilson is unbelievable. We talk about some of the scary teams in the AFC. There is nobody more scarier than the Hawks in the NFC. I don't think they're going to sneak up on anybody. Uh, I, everybody knows how good this Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson is. That continuity together. But just the way that they're playing football right now, and it, there used to be a time where the Seahawks would win because – Russell Wilson wasn't making mistakes. Now they weren't earning and winning games because of the play of Russell Wilson. Right. So, so it, it's it's just unbelievable to watch that twelfth man, uh, you know, travels with them whether at home or away. 
and Russell Wilson is the catalyst in doing that job. And it's just unbelievable what they've done so far. The Seahawks, I mean, they've got my eyes wide open because if you're an NFC opponent, you do not want to be able to play those Hawks in any circumstances uh, there. And then, of course, comes that the uh, so-called America's team, right? The Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> and so uh, it's it's not looking good, Mike. Um, <laughs> this is the <laughs> – Mike feels like Stephen A at the moment. That's, that's how he feels. <laughs> Uh, right, and so on Stephen A's birthday, my, there's no better feeling than Mike and Michael and Stephen A right now. Oh no, uh, they're hating the Dallas Cowboys, but it's not looking good, Mike. Right, the Cowboys were my pick to win the division. Started three and zero. I mean, they were flying in all cylinders. Right, then of course, a three game losing streak. They come into this game. You know, with a team that they're supposed to win, right? Now, I didn't know Sam Darner wasn't going to play. If I had known that, Mike, I might have thought differently about my pick last week. I didn't know that that uh, uh, Sam Darner was going to return in the lineup. And obviously, you saw just the emotional boost that it gave that offense. Not knowing number two and <laughs> Luke Falk was your quarterback, but 14 was back under center for them. That's where Adam Gase, the so-called quarterback whisperer, can start. You see the playbook, guys like Le'Veon Bell getting passes out of the backfield, um, running the football uh, in the, in uh, with this line, and guys that these skill position players like uh, what's his name, Robbie Anderson, can get loose. That ninety-two yarder that he had that blew the game open early. So Sam Darnold coming in that offense was a huge boost for New York Jet fans. But man, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what happened. Mike, I, I really don't know what happened. I, I knew the Cowboys was going to come, and I, 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 I did point this out. I said I knew the Cowboys were going to get back to their identity, and that's running the football. 29 carries for Ezekiel Elliott. They weren't going to have 12 that they did in, in the Packers. I assured you they weren't going to run run the football for only 12 times. They were going to run the football and play smash-mouth football. But the Dallas Cowboys, Mike, haven't been the same since Tyrone Smith went down. Cameron Fleming, a backup. Hasn't been the same. They're beat up in that offensive line. Zach Martin is banged up. He didn't play much. And so they don't even have their center and Frederick. And so Dak Prescott and what relies on this elite Dallas offense running the football in this offensive line, they're hurt right now. And so th- that right there, along with the play of the offense, who's look anemic in their first three games, hasn't looked good. And then this defense, where's that pass rush that we all talked about, right? <laughs> Leighton Van Der Esch, you know, Jalen Smith, Demarcus Lawrence, Ro- Ro- Robert Quinn. He's played really good this year, Mike, for the Cowboys, actually. Uh, but where's this pass rush against Sam Darnold, a guy, a guy that has that just came back from mono? You let him beat you. So right now, I think the Cowboys, they're, they're getting a lot of scrutiny right now. And if you're a New York fan, you're screaming what? J-E-T. What'd you see, Mike? Man, what I saw, you absolutely, I agree with you 100%. If I would have known that um, Sam Sam Darnold was going to play, then I would have picked the Jets because the matchups favor the Jets. They favor in that that situation, in that environment, down 0-4 trying to win, the matchups favor the Jets. And I would have picked them, but I, I didn't. I had no idea. So, I, mean, I, I was watching the game. I'm like, 
Wait a minute, is that 14 that quarterback? Oh, snap. Yeah, I was shocked too much. As I'm like, hold up, have I not been paying attention to the reports leading up to this game? Have I not been paying attention to the first take, undisputed? What's going on? And all of a sudden, I look on Sunday at 425, and I see Sam Donald about to play. Like, oh, snap, we got a chance to win this game. Don't they? So, I mean, they got off to the big lead. They came out aggressive. I mean, this is a this is a, the, the toughest team to ever play in the league is a team that hasn't won a game yet. That's right. the toughest team to play because they're hungry. And then not only that, they got their starting quarterback, who I actually love. I love Sam Donald. Seb, I, I think he's chance. good, Mike. He's really Seb, good. He I can make all the reads. All the reads. And he's so poised and confident back there. I got a chance to see him in person last year covering Redskins training camp when they did the joint practice with the Skins in Richmond. And I was impressed with him then, and that was before his rookie year even started. So I, the strides that he's made since then, I mean, it's spectacular. I, I've been very impressed with him, and I love the fact that he came out off of not playing the first four weeks and looked like he looked like he was, you know, in midseason form. I mean, he looked impressive, very impressive. The Cowboys, well, I mean, you know, it surprised a lot of people. It didn't really surprise me. Yeah, you know, I, I didn't expect like I caught you know, Sebby, I caught a lot of heat, a lot of flack for what I was saying about the Cowboys, uh, the first three weeks when they went three and zero against nobodies. And I was saying that they haven't played anybody yet. They're still in preseason. You know, they're finally playing some competition. <laughs> and they've, they've been 0-3 in the last three weeks when they played real competition. So, I mean, the Jets were physical. This was a physical football game in all seriousness. This was a very physical football game. Jamal Adams and Ezekiel Elliott seemed like they were going toe-to-toe uh, in, 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 uh, in, in the middle of that defense throughout throughout the game. I mean, it was, it was a special game to watch. It was an old-fashioned football fight a physical football game. They were hitting Dak Prescott all game long. They made it tough on him. Greg Williams, his game plan was the blitz, and we're going to play man-to-man on the outside, and that game plan turned up even more when he knew Amari Cooper was out for the rest of the game because he knew there was no deep threat on the outside so we can pin our ears back and play and, and, and get after it. So, you know, I saw Michael, I saw Gallup Drop a drop a few passes, and Mike. That I think that that was it right there too. I saw. Th- I, I counted three. I counted. Yeah. I don't know if I I'm mistaken. I counted it, three drops. It, 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 so. it was three, but it could have been four. Just the fourth one got a pass in the first call, so he got bailed out on that one. But statistically, it could have been four. You know what I mean? So, but yeah, he he had a rough a rough day at it as well, and you know, just it, it's just a this a this dysfunctional, an undisciplined football team right now. You know, they they they're not. They're not the team that we thought they were. They're, obviously, they have injuries at key positions that are, you know, hindering them a little bit. But, you know, we're just not seeing it from the uh, from Dak Prescott. We're not seeing it from Ezekiel Elliott. We're definitely not seeing it from this offensive line. And this defense, this vaunted defense that we saw the first three weeks has been getting shredded the past two. You know, they, they, they've been getting absolutely shredded. You know, there's no pass rush. Leighton Vander Esch, it's, it's hard for him to tackle in space, Heavy. It's so hard for him to tackle in space. Jalen Smith played a solid game, but I was not impressed by uh, Vander Esch at all. His, his tackling in the space needs some work, and it's, it's it, 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 looked, it was a bad well, performance. Well, I mean, Mike, I mean, if you have a guy like Le'Veon Bell, you know, one of premier running backs in the game, number 26, I mean, he makes any running linebacker look Yeah, good. you're right, but I also saw guys <laughs> like 84, the tight end, you know, making moves and, you know, not being able to make tackles on guys like that. I mean, it's just, you know, you're one of the top uh, – this has one of the top linebacking cores in the league. Jalen Smith already got his money. You're working to get your money as well. 
So uh, I'll, I'll, I'll be expecting better performances from Van Der Esch in the future. This was not one of his best days yesterday. But all in all, what I saw was a hungry physical team that wanted to win, and they they they, they had their confidence back with with their new with their quarterback. You know, when you got your quarterback and you know you have a chance to win, everybody steps up. And that's exactly what happened with the New York Jets. This is going to be a formidable team the rest of the year. I would not sleep on the Jets at all if I have them on the schedule for the rest of the season. This is a good, a very good football team. I, I agree with you, Mike, because coming into the season, the Jets, I thought they could win eight games. I, I literally thought they can go eight and eight. Yeah. Best case scenario, maybe sneak a game that they weren't supposed to win, maybe a nine and 17. Now they got the quarterback back. They've got really good uh, skill position players. Obviously, Le'Veon Bell being their best. But you've got Jameson Crowder coming from the Redskins. I, I, I would say the Redskins miss a guy like that in the slot. Yeah. And then you got Robbie Anderson, a sleet, so you could take a top off a defense. They got Demarius Thomas, who recently got released by the Patriots. So this team got some weapons for Sam Darnold. Okay, he can really fling that football. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if they can really start get rolling. They got the Patriots next week. That's not an easy task, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens with them. You were talking about physical, Mike, and I thought no team this past weekend was more physical than the Pittsburgh Steelers. They got back. To, uh, they they got back to Pittsburgh Steelers football, right? And and this is what we know Pittsburgh football to be. And that three four defense, obviously Dick LeBeau's famous for that. But back in that three four defense, you got three uh 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 front four guys, and then you got four linebackers, T.J. Watt and others. And, and and this defense right here really helped out a young quarterback. What a performance. What I mean, Mike, what a performance. 75% of the fans in, in Los Angeles were, were, were Steeler fans. It, it felt like a home game. First of all, they, the, the game was played in a soccer stadium because the Chargers <laughs> were still waiting for their new stadium with the Rams, their joint stadium, per se. Uh, but the, it felt like a home game for, for the Steelers. Juju Smith-Schuster playing his his college games in USC, a homecoming for him. And, and so they, they felt comfortable. I thought this team had a chip on their shoulder, Mike. Came in the game one and four. They knew how important this game was. Phillip Rivers, Keenan Allen, this offense, I was very disappointed. Obviously, I have Melvin Gordon on one end. I was disappointed in that. But thank God, Mike, I'm in a PPR league, and I started Mr. Devin Bush, who I knew was your pick for rookie defensive player of the year. Sebi, this brother is special. He just has it. We talked about the it factor with Deshaun Watson, right? This brother, Devin Bush, has the it factor. Thank God I started him. <laughs> and it's, it's it's special to watch, man. And and man, he's he he can cover. He's uh very uh instinctive. He he has a nose for the football. You know, scoring that touchdown, but then also getting that interception on the very next drive. I mean, the brother's special. And I'm not gonna lie to you, Sebi. This Steelers defense, even though they're two and four right now, I've been very impressed with this Steelers defense all season long. They have been headhunters as far as defensive line. They've been getting to the quarterback. They've been opportunistic in the uh, back half ever since Mika, Mika Fitzpatrick got there. I mean, th- he's freed up everybody. He's he's even elevated Joe Hayden's game. Joe Hayden is out there making big time plays, and uh, you know hasn't doesn't have to worry about you know the. Uh, other other his teammates' jobs and things of that nature. So I, I've seen him free up everybody else, and this total defense right now is is playing at a very high level, and they needed that type of performance against San Diego because Hodges he's a third string quarterback. You know he's he's still a rookie. You know he's he's still he still needs time to mature. He needs time to get some 
reps with the first team. You know, it's, it's going to take some time for him to get acclimated and fully, you know, equipped to, to this offense and how, how they go. But right now, uh, in the meantime, between time, that was an amazing performance by the uh, defense. They started off the game. And then they finished the game. It was it was special to watch, and I was I was very impressed to see that win with the Steelers because Mike Tomlin just proves once again how he has this team fighting. This team is going to fight to the very end and give him and this organization everything that they have, and that's exactly what they did. I think they can win more games throughout the rest of the season with their defense playing like they have. And I'm telling you, Sebi, this is reminding me of the defense we saw back in Ben Roethlisberger's early days. Yep, absolutely, Mike. And the assertion of Mika Fitzpatrick definitely helps with the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers because this is a guy that can cover. Absolutely. Yes. 12th, 11th overall from Alabama. I remember Nick Saban in an interview said, he said he hasn't seen anybody like Minka Fitzpatrick. And that's saying he something. Talked to him. He, he talked to him, uh, uh, you know, one-on-one, and he, he told the coach, and he said that, um, you know, why, why, did I, why did I scout you? Why did I scout you? Why did I bring you to a proud, rich tradition here in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, he told Coach Saban that you've never seen nothing like me. And then so that's high praise for a guy like that. And obviously, you know, being under the shadows in Miami, under that heat, you know, you don't really get to be known. But now I think in Pittsburgh, he could really make a name for himself from a depleted secondary that could really use some reinforcements. And so that's what Micah Fitzpatrick has done thus far. But, Mike, I think we're way past the Killer Bees era, right? That was cute. I, I thought that was cute. You know, you yeah. had you had Ben Bell and Brown. You know, the, your triple Bs. I mean, no team could say that they had the best running back and the best receiver, and arguably one of the top five quarterbacks in one team. And the Pittsburgh Steelers had that for four, five, six years, actually. Right. So I think yes. that's way past our times, and we thought that the Pittsburgh Steelers throughout those years, elite offensively, rather pedestrian defensively, and yes. so that's not. Pittsburgh football that we know. We you think about Pittsburgh, you think hard nosed physical yeah, football. You think yes. about the steel curtain, right? And yes. I think that's what they're getting back to. So that though, though, we're way past the killer bees era, right? The the offense has, obviously has to, you know, the, the guys have been traded and they've got to get new guys. I think Juju can develop as your number one, but they need some more nucleus weapons. 119 total yards for Connor on the ground, but that helps as well. But I think the Steelers got to get back to their identity and their DNA, and that's 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 that front, that's that three four defense that Dick LeBeau has left for all these years. You got to play excellent defense up front. You know, guys like Casey Hayward, T.J. Watt. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, these guys give him the play. Uh, Devin Bush now, and wait till Ryan Shazier comes back. You want to you want to say you want to say who what tandem has the fastest linebackers in the game? Shazier and Bush. <laughs> the league lookout. And so I, I think that bodes well for them, Mike, because what's been the, the Steelers kryptonite all these years, the Patriots. And so yep. they, 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 they purposely, purposely drafted guys like Shazier and Devin Bush, guys that can match up in space for guys that can get over the middle, the Edelmans of the world, the Amendolas that they couldn't cover, you know? And so they had to draft and they had to draft in that need because they just couldn't cover over the middle and these little shifty wide wideouts where now they got two guys, assuming when Chazier comes back, of course, that can do that in the Pittsburgh series are looking to get back to their identity. And, and that's what Pitt, Pittsburgh football is. Amongst all of these clouds that's going over Mike Tomlin and, and trade rumors, I, I think the Pittsburgh Steelers can 
hold their head high on defense because you got to help a third string quarterback. You know, he's not a first string. He's not a second string, you know, so you don't expect much from him. So uh, until the offense gets kicking in the gear, the defense has to be the calling card. And to be honest with you, Sebi, the only problem they have on offense is at the quarterback position, but that's only because they're on the third string. They can actually run the football. They can actually because they because that's that's we're used to seeing that from Steelers football as well. Well, I might. Like, I mean, that's an elite offensive line, maybe the oh, best in the for AFC. sure. This, this is one of the best offensive lines of football, and probably one probably one of the top two best run blocking offensive lines in football. This 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 O line can get it done, but also you got James Conner, you got Bell. Uh, they, they have they have uh, running backs that can make it happen, and, right. and, and, and really and really suffocate a team because you know with with this great defense that they have right now, if you can run the ball, control the clock, time of possession, that can win you some games and and really buy you some time and sneak up on some teams that you probably you probably have no business beating. But because you control the control the time of possession, and then you play the great defense that they've been playing all year, forcing turnovers. I mean, Sebi, I'm not gonna lie to you. That I'm not I'm not counting Pittsburgh out just yet. Yeah, not Pittsburgh out the way that the Browns have been very inconsistency in the FC North. We know how good the the, the Baltimore Ravens are, but they haven't knows? looked impressive. Yeah. They haven't looked impressive. So Pittsburgh late season can get back in this, and that's not a good thing for such a very, very prideful franchise who has six rings under their belt. But we come back. We'll make our week seven picks. Gotta make up week seven picks. This time I, I look in the gear. I'll try to make sure Mr. Sam Dollar plays. Right? So we don't have any hiccups like that. Inside the series of WNIC. That new head, I am poppy, and you know where the catch is at, right? Diaz Gallery, rich black just drop off the pop up shop. But look, make sure y'all catch us out in Sambar, make sure you catch me out in Iron Cafe, and you know, know where I be at. I'm at Boston Engineer. What it do? Make sure you stay tuned. We appreciate you. Nama, 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 stay. What you say it is? What you say it is? I said, cause visionary, 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 what? We are the truth. Stay tuned for our new line. Make sure you got your t shirts ready. we gonna see y'all here in the community. Namaste, yeah, yeah, Prada, now that we love And we're back here inside the studios at WNSC. Myself and Michael Gray back at it again here on our third and final segment here today on the SEBI Podcast Radio Show. But first, of course, uh, before we get to that, our last segment today, guys, is proud and sponsored by... That's right. That's absolutely correct. That is RDV Sportsplex. RDV Sportsplex, the largest sports complex in Central Florida, hands down, and it is not even close. Miss Stephanie Org has invited 
everyone in the community for all of your fitness needs. We're talking floor hockey, ice hockey, figure skating, basketball courts, uh, you know, barbells for uh, weightlifting gyms. We're talking about indoor swimming, tennis rackets, and tennis fields outside. You want it, we've got it here for you. And an acre of 38 square feet wide, Miss Stephanie Org has said, this is the place for you. RDV Sportsplex, tell him myself, Sebi, or Michael Gray from the Sebi Podcast Radio sent you. We'll be back here in 10 seconds here. Back here inside the studios with Devin SC Mike, and it's time for our picks. That's right. It's our pick segment again. It's crazy. We're approaching midway to the NFL season. NFL season needs to slow its pace down, Mike. It's going way too fast. But, uh, um, yep, we're going to get back um segment there. And, Mike, just a little sneaky thing for you. You picked the Lions last week, bro. Early on, early second quarter, they're up 10-zip. Yeah. Yeah, they're looking good so far. They're, they're, they're taking chances. They're going down the field. They, they look real good so far. And the defense is forcing turnovers. So, we'll see if they can keep it up. It's still early. Aaron Rodgers is still at home. But so far, so good. So far, so good. And, again, Mike, they're knocking on the door. Second and goal at Green Base 2, right inside the red zone. They're looking to go 17 nothing early mm. in Lambeau Field. Mike caught it last week. Stafford would get his first win in Lambeau. All right, so let's see if. He continues to ride that momentum. Mike, Thursday night, uh, early quick one in AFC rivalry showdown. The Chiefs and the hosting, should I say, the, the, the Chiefs, should I say, are going to the Mile High City against the Denver Broncos. Two teams in opposite directions here, Mike. So the Denver's won two in a row. The Chiefs have lost two in a row. So this is very interesting here, Mike. Very tough. Um, you know, who who you got in this matchup on a on a short week? I'm gonna pick the Chiefs, but I'm not confident in this pick at all, Sebi. I'm not gonna lie to you. Coming on a short week, going to on the road to the Mile High. I tell I'm telling you, man. I picked this Broncos team to win a division early in the year, but they look it doesn't look good right now. But I'm not gonna lie to you. This is one of the best two and four teams I've ever seen. This team, <laughs> this team could easily right now be four and two, or five and one possibly. Like, that's how close their losses have been, and that's how competitive they've been all season. I, I, I'm i going to pick the Chiefs because I don't trust Joe Flacco in this Broncos offense, but I do trust this Broncos defense to make it tough on Patrick Mahomes and this Chiefs offense. I just don't think that the Broncos can put up enough points to hang with the Chiefs. I'm going to go with the Chiefs on the road to steal this one in Denver. Mike, Mike, I'm going to go – I'm an inverse, man. I'm going to go the opposite. I like the Denver Broncos at home on a short week. Von Miller, I, I know Chubb is out uh, for the year. It's going to be tough, but Von Miller is still as advertised, and he can wreck havoc. And the key thing here, Mike, is what I said about the Lions. You got to have the personnel. I know, I know for a fact oh, yeah. that that Denver defense has the oh, personnel. Yeah. And not only that, you got a gimpy Patrick Mahomes. Remember last year? A, a, a lot of uh, uh, players defensively in the Denver locker room said that Patrick Mahomes embarrassed us, especially with that left-handed pass. Yeah, you know, like, like, are you are you kidding me? <laughs> They're gonna be prideful. I know they circled this game, Mike, on their schedule, yeah. and so I, I'm gonna go 
with the uh, Denver Broncos here. Now, I'm not really sold on their offense, especially I think Emmanuel Sanders is 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 gimpy at the moment too. Um, so he may not play Joe Flacco. Ugh, that's how I feel. But uh, I'm going to go with the Denver Broncos on a very short week, and that would mean 0-3 the last three weeks for the Chiefs. And so that's another key thing to watch out for. That's going to be interesting there for sure. So from there, Mike, we go to the 1 o'clock games on the schedule. We got the Rams at the Falcons. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm through with the Falcons here. No, I'm going to take through. the Rams. I, I, I'm through with the Falcons. I know they're at home. They play really good at home, but uh. I'm going to take the Rams. They, 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 they're still a really good team, Mike. I, I don't think the 3-3 three and three is an indictment of this team. I know that they, I said they're going to be in a Super Bowl hangover, which they are, but this might be the game that they get rolling. But I got to keep my eye on this, Mike. Jared Goff in this offense hasn't looked the same, and I think the NFL is catching up to what McVay is doing. Yeah. So that's something to watch out for. But I'm going to take the Rams here on the road. I'm going to take the Rams on the road as well, and I, and I agree with you. I'm done with the Falcons. I picked them week after week after week, and they continue we both to, had, Mike. <laughs> to surprise me and just throw me off with how inconsistent and how inept they look right now. And it's bad. It is very bad. And, you know, I don't even want to speak on the Falcons. The, the Rams, yes, they're struggling right now. Yes, it doesn't look like they, you know, have their, have everything, you know, the momentum and have everything rolling right now. But if it was ever ever a week to get back on track and get get off the snide of a three-game losing streak, it's against these Atlanta Falcons. I'm going with the Rams on the road. I think Aaron Donald and his defense will, you know, make life very tough for Matt Ryan and force turnovers that will give, you know, Jared Goff and his Rams offense uh, great opportunities to score down the stretch. Give me the Rams. I, I think that chance has a chance to be high scoring. Oh, yeah, uh, for sure. I, I think yeah, it has a chance to be high scoring. Sure. The 0-5 Dolphins, they almost got a win, Mike. Thank God I picked the, the Redskins. You picked the Dolphins to win their win. I just thought that, you know, just roster-wise, I thought right. just a little bit better. The Redskins were better. And it literally took uh, the last seconds to win that game for the Skins. Oh, wow. This um, magic so there, almost proves, almost pulled, pulled one off there. Yeah, he almost did. He almost <laughs> did. Well, he's going to need more than that. He might need magic from a rabbit's hat when he has to go to Orchard Park against these Bills who had oh, two yeah. weeks to prepare for him. They're 4-1. and one. Uh, That defense, enough said. I like a couple sacks. I like at least five sacks by that Bills defense. Give me the Bills at home. Give me the Bills at home as well. I like them to have a, a big-time game today. Uh, well, not, not today, but on Sunday. I, I, I like them to feast. I like them to, you know, force turnovers. I like them to have one of those games where, you know, the, it's very convincing and they don't have to worry about too much. Give me the Bills and give me the Bills winning big. Right. Jacksonville heads to Cincinnati. Cincinnati are 0-6 in disarray. This is another team. Jacksonville team can be at 2-4. and four. They could be, uh, you know, f- that could that could be flipped. They could be at least three and three or four and two. Yep. And so they're going to Cincinnati. That franchise is in disarray. Uh, we thought that post Marvin Lewis era, they could see if they could become something. It hasn't translated. Is that I know they're trying to tank. They're looking for Tua or one of these uh, <laughs> top guys coming into the draft. Give me the Jags to have a good defensive performance in Cincinnati. Yeah, I expect the Jazz defense to uh, have a, another great performance as well. They, their defense didn't lose them this game against the Saints. The offense did. Uh, I expect Gardner Minshew to have a much better game against Cincinnati. I expect him to have one of those Minshew mania type games. 
and uh, you know, can give me the Jags on the road. I, I see this being a pretty convincing win. I don't, I don't really have much faith in the Cincinnati Bengals right now as as they're moving forward. Here's a good one in Motown. You got the Vikings at four and two. What an explosion last week, right? And so they have to travel against their division foe, the Detroit Lions. Wow, wow, Mike. Whew, boy, this is a good one. Um, if Detroit wins tonight, that's that's going to set up for a titanic showdown. Um, man. I'm going to go with Detroit, yeah. and, and here's why. I'm going to go with Detroit at home because, one, it's at home, and, two, we've seen this story before. I've seen this script and this narrative, and you probably know this better than me, Mike, being out there uh, in, in Washington. We've seen a script before. A great week by Kirk Cousins on one week and then disastrous on another weekend. Oh, yeah. They're going to play the Lions on the road um, in that building, uh, on that turf. Now, I know the Vikings play that turf, too, so they, they, they're really accustomed to know how to play in dome environments. But the Lions, they play really good at home. And we saw what they did against Patrick Mahomes. And Kirk Cousins is nowhere near Patrick Mahomes. I'm going to take the Lions in this one. I'm going to take the Lions at home as well. I think this, this Detroit defense is going to flex their muscle and really show how competitive and how physical they can get. You know, when you look at how physical they are at the defensive line, they got my guy, my dogs, Damon Snacks Harrison, at the defensive tackle, uh, guarding the, the, the middle of the defense and stop, stuffing the run. Then you got Romeo Aquaro on the outside. Guys at the linebacker, Devin, Devon Kennard, and the secondary. Taz Tabor and Jared Davis. No, no, Tabor Tabor doesn't play with them anymore. But but oh, yeah. But they definitely do have uh, one of the most underrated corners in the league at Darius Slay. I oh, really, no doubt. I, I really like Darius Slay. And, uh, you know, Tavon Wilson, he's a guy. He went to my old high school out here in D.C. So they, they're very special. They're very – this is a very special defense. And I think sometimes when you go you got to go against a top offensive opponent to really show the league and put the league on notice how great you are. And I think that's, that's what the Lions are going to do against Minnesota. Give me Detroit. All right, definitely there. The Raiders, uh, now two of the oldest, you know, franchises ever. You got the Raiders and the Packers. You want to talk about history of football? You can't talk about the history of football without those two franchises. They're the Raiders against the Cheeseheads, right? And it's in Lambeau. Enough said. I know the Raiders are vastly improved, Mike. Vastly improved. They can run the football with Josh Jacobs. Yep. Um, you know, Gruden has been competent thus far in this defense. You know, this defense with Pharrell up front, um, with guys making plays, they've been actually pretty good. But it's in Lambeau. One team has Aaron Rodgers. The other team has their car. Give me the Packers <laughs> at home, especially if they lose tonight. Yeah, give me the Packers at home. This Packers team coming off a loss is terrible. I'm not saying they're going to lose against Detroit, but what I'm saying is this Packers team is tough to beat at home in general. And I don't see Oakland. Oakland's been playing very good football league, very good football. And I've and i I've been impressed with what I've seen from them so far, and it's just a juggernaut when you're going against Aaron Rodgers and this Packers team. I think the defense is going to rise up, and I think they're going to make plays. Give me, the, give me the Packers. The Packers, there for sure. Here's another good one, Mike. The Texans, red hot Texans, right? <laughs> so they're going in Indianapolis. That's Ooh. not easy. Not easy game at all. And and the the Colts had two weeks to prepare. They didn't play last week, so two weeks to prepare against a divisional matchup. Oh, boy, this is tough. I'm going to go with my gut here, not my head. My head tells me Indianapolis at home, but I'm going to go with my guts. I'm taking the Texans on the road. They're a small underdog, but the way that they've been playing, and I think in the fourth quarter, 
if Deshaun can have the ball in his hands last, he can make something happen. Give, give me the Colts at home. This Colts team is very physical. It's a very special bunch. Um, I love the offensive line. I love the running game with Mack and Hines and those and those guys. Jacoby Brissett has been playing very good football. You know, he's uh, they, they really control the clock. But this defense is physical. This defense gets after it, and they can make things happen. I think they'll get after Deshaun Watson. They'll get enough hits on him. They, they won't contain him or slow him down or anything like that because it's so hard to stop this guy. But at the same time, I don't think he'll put up the electric performance that we've been seeing from the last couple of weeks from him. Give me the Colts at home. I think they ride that wave and continue, continue winning. Uh, that's a good that's a good point, Mike. This Texans offensive line is getting good for two weeks, but they're going to play a very good uh, front against a weak offensive line. Not not Larry Tunsil, but, you know, the Ooh. others. So that's going to be very interesting there. Here's another good one. The battle of the top quarterbacks in the draft. You've got number one overall pick, Kyler Murray, going to the Meadowlands to pay your Giants, right? Daniel Jones and the Giants, Mike's Giants. So you got Kyler Murray on one side, Daniel Jones on the other. It's at home. Give me the Giants. I was very impressed by what I saw last week. Um, hopefully that can translate to this game. You don't know what you're going to get with the Giants week-to-week basis, but right. I'm going to take the Giants here. But I will say this. The Cardinals, they can put up numbers. Yes. And, and Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray, they're starting to get that offense that they really want, that high-powered offense. They're, trying, they're starting to get that into gear, but I think it doesn't start this week. I'll take the Giants. I'll take the Giants at home as well. I think that uh, hopefully we get some of our weapons back as far as, you know, possibly Saquon or, you know, Evan Ingram or Wayne Gallman, Sterling Shepard. Hopefully we can get some of our weapons back there, you know, help Daniel Jones out in this game. But I'm going to go with the Giants as well. I think our defense is going to step up and play a little bit, a little bit better. And I think the offense, I think offense, we're going to put it all together. And Daniel Jones is going to have a pretty good football game. Give, give me, uh, give me the Giants at home. Mike, you like defense, right? Love it. All right. I know you do. You want to see that uh, 49ers front four oh. in Washington, DC. I know oh, you'd yeah. love to see that. Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> so the 49ers are going to land over <laughs> Maryland. Against the Redskins, who are one in five, that's enough said. The spread is ten. Give me the the 49ers to cover. I think this front four will create havoc for anybody under center. That includes Colt McCoy and Case Keenum. Uh, give me the 49ers in big. Give me the 49ers as well, but I think this is going to be a much more competitive game than uh, than people are giving the credit for. I think this is going to be a very close football game. I think this. Redskins team under Callahan is going to be is much more physical. They they said that they want to get the ball to AP. They want to run the ball more. They want to go downhill. And look what they did against uh, Miami Dolphins. 20, 23 rushes for AP, 118 yards. I mean, he, he was he was physical. He was special. And I look, look to see more of that. I don't know how successful they'll be against San Francisco running the ball, but a- Adrian Peterson will be going downhill, and they will be giving him the ball often. I think this will be a very close competitive football game. But I'll give the slight nod, slight nod to the 49ers. Slight nod to the 49ers there for sure. There, the Chargers, very disappointing at two and four. They're playing the Titans at two and four, Mike. Whew, this is two teams that literally got me scratching my head right now. Um, the Titans, we know the Chargers, they've, they've been um, battle-tested, but also – you know, they've had problems and in injuries, Derwin James and Melvin Ingram and others. They're playing the Titans. The Titans really play very good defense at home, but 
man. Give me the give me the Chargers, all right? Give me the Chargers. I know they got pride. I think Philip Rivers is a is a, a first ballot Hall of Famer, despite all of his resume that he hasn't done in the postseason. Regular season, I know he has the ability to win ball games, and this might be a game that turns the season for the Chargers. I don't know if you know this, Mike, but the Chargers season, Mike, never starts until November and December. Yeah, they always start slow, and then what Philip Rivers love, he loves kicking in the gear. And and uh, November, and nobody has a better resume in December than Philip Rivers. We know that. So this might be an season alter changing game for the Chargers. Let's see if it is. I'll take the Chargers on the road. That's a great point, Sebby. I'll take the Chargers on the road as well. I just don't trust Marcus Mariota in this Titans offense at, uh, enough to pull this one off. I love that. I love this Titans defense that they can compete with anybody. But I don't think they'll score enough points against this Chargers team. Give give me the Chargers. The Chargers there for sure. America's game on the week resides in Chicago. The Monsters of Midway at home. They host the Saints. Now, the Saints now, Mike, are actually 4-0 without Drew Brees. How impressive is that? The defense has played a lot better. Obviously, they're playing complimentary football. The defense is stepping up for what Drew Brees gives them production-wise. Teddy Bridgewater has stayed afloat. Michael Thomas, although Alvin Kamara got bottled up and got held in check last week, I think he'll probably be held in check against this week. So I'm going to take the Bears here. I'm going to take the Bears at home. Uh, Obviously, I don't trust their offense, but that defense is as good as anybody. I think it's historically good, especially on their home turf at Soldier Field. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Uh, you're in for a long night, Mr. Terry Bridgewater. Yeah, he sure is, and this is the best defense he's going to face since he's become the starter for the Saints. And I think they're going to get after it and really uh, confuse him with some of their schemes and, you know, personnel-wise and things of that sort. And I, I really feel like this defense is going to win this game for them. Chase Daniel is going to make enough plays to win, but this defense is going to be the deciding factor of this game. It's going to be a very physical defensive game, Sebby, on both sides. I see right. the Saints defense playing very competitive and making things tough for Chase Daniel and his offense as well. And just like but I, I think the Bears defense will make more plays and more deciding factor type plays that'll win this game for them. Give me the Bears at home as well. Yep, that's right. Two weeks to prepare. Chuck Pagano. Oh, I know man. he has something to uh, up his wrinkle for Michael Thomas. Maybe a lot of double coverage on him and and the key in on on uh, Kamara as well. So I, I'll take the Bears. Uh, I'll take my chances on that one there. Mm-hmm. Seattle and the Ravens. Whew, this might be a this this is the dandy of the weekend. Lamar Jackson at the twelfth man against Russell Wilson. This, this, this what the people want, Mike. This what the people came to see. All right, you know what I'm saying. This is this is what you call a show. Lamar Jackson, only two quarterbacks. That's Michael Vick and Colin Kaepernick. Did what he did last week, Mike, and that's throw for 250 and run for another 150. Right. This guy is absolutely unbelievable. What he can do. The 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 talent is through the roof. But I mean, <laughs> it doesn't it, it doesn't tell you what R- Russell Wilson has done with the Seahawks. This is tough, man. This is tough. Um, I right now the way the Hawks are playing, I can't go against them. They're at home. Russell Wilson is playing as good as any quarterback right now. I think he's top candidate for league MVP honors. But this is going to be a good one, Mike. I'm going to take the Hawks in a field goal win. Uh, I like the Hawks at home in a field goal. Um, I, I think early, you know, just the confines of Century Length Field might be too much for. Lamar Jackson. That's another place, not easy place to play in, you know. So 
Uh, it's not an easy place to play. It's Lamar Jackson's first time in Seattle. But I think maybe second half he'll probably start, you know, getting gears going. So I'm going to take the Hawks in a field goal win. I'm going to take the Seahawks as well. And Sebi, I'm not going to lie to you, Sebi. I'm fearing for Lamar Jackson. I don't, I don't, I don't think this is going to be a great game for him at all. I think that he's going to struggle mightily. I think this Ravens team in general is going to struggle mightily in this game. I don't, I don't, I can't see a scenario where this game is going to even be close. I think they're going to get after Lamar. I think Lamar is going to make uh, a plethora of mistakes. I think I, I really see the Seattle Seahawks team winning big at home against the Baltimore Ravens. This is not a good. This is not going to be a good week. For Lamar Jackson and this Baltimore Ravens offense, especially not this total team, I see them. I see the Ravens losing this game by at least two, two to three touchdowns. Wow, wow, good yeah. bold prediction there. Yeah. Uh, the Philadelphia fans, as I mentioned uh, last uh, segment, they know how big and how much uh, Cowboy Week means. You know these two franchises. You can't talk about the history of football if you don't talk about these two franchises. They hate each other. They absolutely hate each other's guts. Philadelphia is in the Cowboys. Both teams need this. Both teams need this. But unfortunately, Mike, one team will go four and three, and the opposite one, unfortunately, will go three and four. This is really tough. This is really tough. My head tells me Philly, but my heart tells me the Cowboys. Whoo, boy. Um, This is tough. This is real tough. I am going to take the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm going to take the Philadelphia Eagles only one thing because I think they have the ability to stop the run and make Dak Prescott beat them in the pocket. This Philadelphia defense, Mike, it leads the NFL in yards per uh, yards allowed, rushing allowed. Yes, only sixty-two. Yes. So I, I think if you could do that, that 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 that's what you got to do. You know, against Ezekiel Elliott, you can't you can't stop him. You can only hold him to contain him. So I know Dallas will come out. They're gonna try to run the football, but what Jim Schwartz does is he's going to stop the run and he's going to pressure you and pressure you and pressure you. And I, I, I haven't seen Dak Prescott able enough to, to um, do that. Now he's gotten a lot better with his progressions and his reads, but I'm, I'm going to take the Eagles here. Although I have the Cowboys winning the division. I have the Eagles winning the division and I'm going to take the Eagles as well. I think they're going to win this game and I think they're going to, I'm gonna, I think they're going to look very impressive doing it. I think they're going to get off to a better start than what they have in recent memory. And I think they're going to uh, ride that wave and, and all the way into the fourth quarter and win this football game. Um, Dallas has too many injuries. They're too undisciplined right now. They don't, they, they don't, look, they don't look like a, a cohesive unit. And uh, I'm going to go roll with the Philadelphia Eagles. I know they have their you know, trials and tribulations as well with the, bat and the, the secondary not being up to snuff. Uh, you know Carson Wentz in this offense isn't looking as consistent as they could be, but uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with the Eagles to win this game. This it's gonna be a tough physical game as it always is. It always, these is. are the two teams that are playing for the division. It's up to this. It's up to these type of games, and you know I picked the Eagles to win the division, so I'm I'm gonna stick with to my guns. I'm gonna ride with that. So give me the Eagles to win this game. You make a good point. The trenches is always a big thing, and Dallas is hurt up front. Oh, yeah. So you're going against uh, Barnett. And uh, Graham and the and those guys, you got to be able to block them. So things to watch out for in that matchup. Monday Night Football that wraps up Week Seven. I'm looking at the spread here, Mike. I see the Patriots are favored against the Jets by ten. Now, as a Patriot fan, I'm gonna tell you this, Mike. We always play the Jets 
and it's always a dogfight. Oh, yeah. Always a dog, especially in that building. Right. In the Meadowlands. And so it's 10 points. And from what I saw last week with the Jets, who boy, I, I mean, I, I think they can cover 10 points. I, I think that's a lot to lay with the Patriots, but you just never know because it's the Patriots. They're 6-0, and the league's top-ranked defense, of course, and the offense hasn't looked what it is. I think they're still in the learning curve at the moment. This is tough, Mike, because I wouldn't be surprised, Mike, if the Jets actually pulled this off. It's a night game. It's Monday night. It's national televised. Um, Sam Darnold is back. I know the crowd is going to be into it. The Jets got great fans. I hate them, but they got some great fans. Um, but I'm going to go with the Patriots, obviously. Um, the, the, the What scares me, Mike, in this game is the Patriots offense hasn't looked good. Yes. Uh, and, and they're still learning. And still learning. Uh, they've got they've got to a lot of injuries. I mean, Edelman banged up. You know, I think they need. They were joking around that they need Gronk back to come from <laughs> the Fox analysts, and he's joking around. I think they need him back. And so Josh Gordon banged up last week, and so that's where I think the Jets' defense can hang around in a football game, and potentially Sam Darnold can go against this stiff defense, which is pretty tough as, as well. But um, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a dark fight. I think it's gonna be low scoring. Actually, I'm gonna take the Patriots in a close one, probably by a three or six point margin. But to, to lay ten, I think that's a lot. J E T S Jets Jets. I'm telling you, man. I, I really I feel more confident about this pick than probably any other pick that I uh, this week. I feel like the New York Jets are gonna win this football game, Sebi. I do. I think they're going to beat the... Mike, I have a weird feeling as well. I have have a feeling that they're going to ride that wave of getting their first win of the season. Sam Donald coming back has added some some extra juice to this entire team on both sides of the ball. And I see them making big-time plays and winning this game. I see... And to be honest with you, Sebi, I see something else. It's another... I see the Sam Donald and this uh, Jets offense maybe exposing the Patriots defense a little bit. Just a little bit. I don't think. I think they might pick pick on some, find some holes in that defense, and find some uh some open spaces where most teams haven't been able to find. Uh, give me the New York Jets to win this game at home. I think Sam Donald has a another great game, and I think this this total team shows up and they and, and they beat the Patriots. It's gonna be close. It's gonna be a dog fight, but give give me give me the Jets at home. Mike, I I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, the way the Patriots are playing on offense, and it scares me too because the Jets. They always play New England yes, very tough in their building. It's always a dogfight. But, I mean, the Patriots got to lose sometime, right? And yes, so, they do. Uh, they're 6-0. and They're coming hot. It's a, it's a night game. It's national televised. Everything, Mike. And so they, they got to lose. They got to lose sometime. So we're definitely going to keep our eyes on that one for sure uh, there for you. And that was our week seven picks there uh, for us. Myself and Michael Gray and the Sebi Podcast Radio Show for this evening. We want to say for all our listeners and all our viewers, that's all around the world in the East Coast, in the West Coast, in 617 your time now, over there. I want to say so long from now, from gorgeous night here inside the series of WNSC, here on the East Coast. That's right. I know Mike wants to get them to keep an eye on the on the Nationals game, isn't he? Yeah, by the way, we're up, we're up for nothing, Sebby. <laughs> <laughs> the Nationals. Trying to make it a national holiday. 
in DC. Farewell inside the studios of WNFC. You've missed some of our recordings or some of our episodes? Have no fear. The Sebi Podcast experience is still here. You can check us out at our website at sebipodcast.info. Again, that is sebipodcast.info for any of our audio segments on Spotify and iTunes and some of our streaming visuals on our YouTube website and links there at sebipodcast.info. Some cool merch. If you want to DM us and send us all of your email requests, we'll be sure to get them here on the Sebi Podcast Experience. And remember, folks, whether you're listening on air or viewing online, Sebi Podcast is wherever you go. And that is the slogan.